Hello, baseball fans of the New York variety. Welcome into Concrete Jungle, a New York baseball podcast here on FingerLakes1.com. Paul Russo and Kyle Evans here with you, and uh, we are officially um, at the end of the New York baseball season, but uh, we'll still be hanging out with everybody through the postseason, but more on that here in a little bit. Uh, both teams wrap up, Yankees and Mets, uh, in different fashions over the weekend, and uh, a couple headlines to discuss for both teams, but... Uh, going to be one of our shorter episodes. We're in and out here. Programming note, we'll remind everybody at the end here, uh, but podcast this week will shift Monday and today, obviously, and Friday as opposed to Monday and Thursday uh, due to a couple scheduling conflicts. So uh, be on the lookout for that on Friday afternoon. Uh, but enough of that. Kyle, good to see you. How was your weekend? It was good. Um, I watched a lot of interesting games other than the Yankees. Uh just glad the New York teams are gone, tired of losing baseball. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it more later, but I think I'm going to become a big Marlins fan for this postseason. <laughs> okay. At least to start off with. Uh, I don't expect them to go far, but, um, yeah, I've been trying to figure out who I'm going to root for, and uh, I'm excited to watch the games starting tomorrow. Yeah, well, uh, we'll obviously get into that and look forward to that and everything. But, um, yeah, um, this is a very intriguing, not to give too much away here for really our back end of this episode, but um, yeah, there's some intriguing matchups here this postseason. Obviously, the wildcard round getting going, and we'll talk about that, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm intrigued by the Marlins. I can see why, uh, but uh, I'm not going to give away who I'm, I'm leaning with just yet, I don't think. so. Uh, anyway, enough of that. Uh, quick thank you to our sponsors of today's program, Lake Generations Bank. Generations Bank has been serving the financial needs of the Finger Lakes region since 1870. Generations combines the best of modern banking with dedication to our local communities. Whether you're looking for a checking account, CDs, home improvement loan, you name it, we have what you need. We are committed to serving and giving back to our communities. Visit us online at mygenbank.com. Generations Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender, and go net speed. The future of connection is here, and it's fiber. Made for how we live and work today, go net speed fiber is faster and stronger than anything out there. You can check availability in your area as well as plans and pricing at gonetspeed.com and get ready for fast and reliable fiber, fiber internet straight to your home. So, Kyle, let's start with the Yankees here. Uh, lose the final series of the season in Kansas City, but in the process clinch uh in above 500 or <laughs> above 500 winning percentage uh that happened thursday uh for the 31st straight season um it's one of those like i think in the moment kind of like well bright spot if you really want to count it that in this type of season uh but i think more it just speaks to, i guess the I think longevity of just at least good performance in a franchise. I mean, it's just – it's kind of crazy thinking back on this. I mean, you have to go back, obviously, to to 1993 and what was arguably one of – I wouldn't say the worst seasons in Yankee history. You had certain pieces there kind of getting it together for what was going to be uh, the, the late 90s surge of the team, but – uh, when you look back on history, kind of even what you, we know now about 1994 and the strike shortened season with the team to 95 to, to 96, obviously in that first 
World Series win of, of the late 90s run there. Um, you know, it, it, I think it's a decent feather in the hat still for a team, but uh, obviously given <laughs> the expectations of this team in particular, the 2023 Yankees and, and how it played out, uh, it's a bittersweet milestone to, to have. Yeah, um, for me, um, I'm not big with the stat just because this is the New York Yankees. I mean, they always have one of the highest payrolls. Um, they're well known, of course, by everyone. Their history is so great. Um, it just, for me, it's expected. And if they didn't finish above 500 this season, even with how bad it was, uh, that would be extremely disappointing. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, this isn't, you know, it's kind of weird, but, you know, you think about some more recent Yankee times, whether 2016. Uh, a couple of teams for that, maybe 2008 kind of lingers a little bit. Uh, although that team, team was still alive late-ish in the year. But, you know, there, there have been moments where the streak has kind of come into jeopardy, but but just hasn't. So, I mean, how we were, we were talking about, I, I think, a spot in August there where it, it was projected out to be a below 500 season. And, uh, uh, look, frankly, a, a late-season surge kind of – I mean, I kind of did salvage it, right? I mean, but they're still the best team record-wise since the end of August. Um, and, you know, it's it's one of those things you have to kind of look at from a different – like you said, and I'm with you in this sense, Kyle. That's why I call it bittersweet, right? You have to look at it from the scope of just what this team specifically this year was supposed to do and what they just didn't accomplish, you know. Um, transition to here with this point um, – confusing I'll call it situation. There's no other way I think around it, right? Where uh hitting coach Sean Casey, um what we thought was asked to return for next year turns out really hasn't. Um but it, it's one of those things where the regular season isn't even over yet and there's been a ton of like coaching carousel moments already going on through baseball. Whether actual coaches in terms of bench, hitting, pitching, yada, yada, to managerial, as we'll get to, obviously, as well. But um, I'm intrigued to see what Sean Casey would be like for a whole year as hitting coach. I think – I don't know if there was enough of even marginal improvements the second half, in my mind, to maybe warrant him back another year, but – I mean, it's tough to gauge a sample size by only two and a half, three months. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't mind him back, but I think the bigger question I have is if he does come back, and I'm viewing it from that scope at this point. What that tells me is, like, the team's just going to run it back as is. That's what it more or less tells me. Um so that means, you know, obviously Cashman, but obviously Boone and everybody else back. Uh, so I think that's where my main question and, and kind of wonder about where the team is headed kind of remains is is if that's the plan, it sucks. I got to be honest with you. I think it sucks if that's the case then because that just tells me they're going to run it back. And I, I don't see in the grand scheme of it much more changing next year then. Yeah, um, I definitely think Cashman and Boone will both be back. 
Uh, Boone said he hadn't been told anything yesterday after the game, but obviously, even if he has, he probably wouldn't be the one to announce it. He'd wait for, you know, Cashman or Hal to announce that. But yeah, I do think uh, Sean Casey will be back as well, even though he said, you know, he hasn't been directly asked yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think everyone's going to be returning. Obviously, Matt Blake will be back. Um, I think the coaching staff's going to be the same. I think if we're going to see any changes, it's just the way they run the whole analytics thing. Um, and maybe uh, the medical staff side of things will have some changes. But as for, like, uh, you know, the actual coaching staff, I don't I don't see any changes. And I know that's frustrating. Um, even me, I'm frustrated to know that Cashman's probably coming back. Um, but maybe there will be some major changes with the roster, as there should be. I mean can't just go out and re-sign your players like they did last year mm-hmm. go out and make actual moves and free agency and trades yeah so uh all we can do is hope and pray at this point I think. <laughs> yeah i mean i think it's just more the optics of it than anything else right it's just i think it would just back up what we feel like about hal is if it's just a, if it's just a complete run back uh then that does he actually care about winning like some of these reports have alluded to now that he does care or is it just the assumptions that we've that we've had now for the better part of a decade about them? Uh, who knows? Um, while I transition over to the Mets here, um, Buck Walter not coming back next year as manager. Did match through the weekend, and the whole pregame press conference, I guess, uh, as it really ended up being – I wasn't a fan of it. I wasn't a fan of the optics of it, one. But two, uh, it really just a slap in the face to, to Buckshaw Walter, in my mind. Um, more or less telling him, resigned or be fired in such a way with what I can only assume to be the few games left. I'm assuming he wasn't told Sunday morning when he got to the clubhouse. I'm assuming this was probably done a while not a while, but a few days ago. He said Saturday he got yeah. called into his office. So, I mean, I'm just not a fan of it. I, I don't think a lot of things this year are, are on him. There are certain elements that, yeah, you do have to take responsibility for as the manager of a big league team like that, right? But this is the biggest issue I have. I, I think all of this comes out on Billy Epler. He's, he's, this is clearly a track record with him, how he treats managers, how he treats players, how he goes about his business. Uh, he did the same thing, and I, I don't personally think he's all that great of a manager, but there's still, like I say, the human and respect element of it. He did the same thing to Mike Sosha. Um, frankly, he was going to do the same thing with Joe Madden. I just, I just don't see how, if you're David Stearns at this point, as the now official you know, director of baseball ops, president of baseball ops, and Steve Cohen, the owner, how you can – go forward with Epler. And I get that Stearns is going to do his own things. And not to give too much away here because of, of what we'll be discussing in a couple minutes, Kyle, right? But all of a sudden, a name now linked with the Mets job next year because he's going to be a free agent manager at the end of this season is Craig Council with the Brewers. And it, he was Stearns' guy in Milwaukee that he brought in. And look, Council has even alluded to um, – he even said it in the celebration when the Brewers clinched a spot in the postseason, Right. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be here next year. Like, let's enjoy this. And 
there's some indications to me that he's always do that that might be the move, right? But like, I I don't see how you can continue with Billy Upper. I I think he's frankly a chooch. I think he's, and I look, it's easy for us to sit here and say that type of stuff, but I I just think he's a shit GM. I think he's a shit person. I'll go ahead and say it the way he's been treating people like this consistently now that I I wouldn't want him around my team to be quite honest. Yeah, I think yesterday was it was just weird how it all unfolded. Like, why did uh, Steve Cohen and Billy Epler put out statements after Buck spoke to the media for his pregame availability? Mm-hmm. Like, why was Buck the one to, like, let everyone know? And, and there was some confusion at first. It sounded like Buck was stepping away. And then that's when Cohen put out his statement saying, like, no, we decided we want, we want to part ways. It wasn't his decision right. just to outright step away. Um, so I just thought the way the timing went down yesterday was a little odd. I felt like Cohen and uh, Epler should have at least been speaking to the media first or at least putting out the statement before uh, he spoke, just so there wasn't so much confusion at first. Yeah. But, um, I always wondered anyway, though, if Showalter would have returned just because of where the team is and where Buck is in his career. But it sounded like uh, if they didn't part ways, uh, he probably would have came back. Yeah, but I'll say it sounds like he wanted to come back. So, yeah, um, it's just kind of weird how it all went down. I'm, I'm a little surprised by it, uh, and I don't really agree with it because what's really going to change? Taking Buck out and then bringing in a guy like Craig Consul, like, I mean, does it really make that much of a difference? Right. It all comes down to the guys on the field, really. And and I'm don't get me wrong, like, I'm, I'm actually a big Craig Consul guy. I think he's a really good manager, right? But – I mean, if you're Craig Council, do you realistically want to go to the Mets right now? Like, I, I don't know. You got a pretty good thing going in Milwaukee, all things considered. Uh, so, I, I, I don't know. I, I just find, like I say, I, I find the whole weekend here. And, look, I'll, I'll, call, I'll call another person out. I, it's the same thing I feel with the Giants. And, look, I'm not a huge Gabe Kapler guy, personally. I don't, I don't know if he's that good of a manager. But, you can them, and the way you put out the statement as the Giants, the way you did it on Thursday with three games left, I mean, come on. Like, there's some elements of do better here. And I get it's a business. I get whatever. Like, I, trust me, I'm I'm more than well aware. And <laughs> it's just one of those things where there's still the human decency portion of it. They actually the they actually did it Friday afternoon before the, before the final homestand. Yeah. It was like – because right. it was a 10 o'clock start, so it was like eight hours before the game. Yeah. And then they announced that they're firing him. Like, why not just wait until the season's right. over and do it today? Um, so, I don't know. I just thought that was weird timing, too. And I also don't really know, like, what's the point of it. I mean, the roster wasn't great this year. Um, obviously, he led them to, a, what was it, 100 and how many wins did he lead them to a couple years ago? Oh, 106. Yeah. Even yeah. then, that team over – overachieved for a lot of the year this year it just it they, they, they did yeah they only had 53 losses that one year I mean yeah this was a down year and they were in a playoff spot in the beginning of September so I guess I guess you can kind of see why they did that but again it's he hasn't been there that long I I just I, I feel like a lot of times teams are just shipping uh, managers and coaches in and out so much when really what's going to change with a new one they're both the giants still follow analytics they're going to bring in somebody that's still going to follow analytics so it's just like another another voice which is the funny part to me because they're the the link to this i and it sounds like it's not going to actually happen but bob melvin who he does believe in analytics but he's a bit of an old school guy who who who's going to do his own thing at the end of the day no matter what in terms of decision making right was the one link there so I, i don't know 
one last thing before we move on to some postseason talk, Kyle. Uh, the suspended game from Thursday involving the Marlins that was going to be played and now isn't going to be played. Um, just what a weird situation again. Uh, the Mets had a couple of these grounds crew issues meets whatever else decision-making issues uh, throughout the week this past week involving the Marlins, uh, even involving the Phillies over the weekend as well. Um, what did you make of it? Because I, I was left one confused, especially since uh, the Marlins couldn't move anywhere in the postseason once they clinched, right? And uh, even the Mets, I mean, I you I looked on the website today, you looked on the website today, and even though it was a decision made yesterday that they weren't going to play, still had it listed as they were playing up until a few hours ago even. Uh, my thoughts on it is Thursday night, uh, I'm not even a Mets fan, of course, and I, I just I don't get what they like what the grounds crew was doing, why they made the decision to just put the tarp on the field when they knew how much rain was coming in, and you had two outs in the top of the ninth, right? And you couldn't get that final out and then get through the bottom of the ninth, mm-hmm. and then you think that uh, you're gonna have a chance to play, which there was a time it was weird because the forecast didn't say it was ever gonna let up, where they could have you saw the videos I yeah, saw you there, there, there was a one yeah well, they yeah. could have quickly. Went out, grabbed the tarp. They actually did pull the tarp mm-hmm. off, but they were just still on the phones, messing around mm-hmm. when they could have just got this little window in to finish up what would have probably only been 20 minutes left of right. game unless the Mets somehow tied it. But um, with David Robertson probably closing it out, they probably weren't going to tie <laughs> it. Uh, but, yeah, I just I, I don't get the whole ground screw, uh, the Mets thing. And you understand why uh, Schumacher was so upset with everything, just the way everything unfolded. And that was such a big game for them. And it just seemed like the Mets were kind of just being like they didn't really care what happened. They were just kind of nonchalant and eh, whatever. We could finish it Monday. Um, and that's why you saw the Marlins so upset. And thankfully for them, they don't need to come back to New York for, again, what would probably be 20 minutes of game action. Yeah, yeah, not even potentially, right? Two outs in the top in the ninth. And the way games played this year probably was about five minutes of game action. So, yeah. All right, speaking of the Marlins postseason picture before we get out of your wild card week as it is now more or less is a pause so for those who maybe don't know fully wild card is now best of three series uh four total series two in each league this year so uh in the al the third seeded minnesota twins will be hosting the sixth seeded toronto blue jays uh in the other series in the al the fourth seeded tampa bay rays hosting the fifth seeded texas rangers in the nl the third-seeded Milwaukee Brewers host the sixth-seeded Arizona Diamondbacks, and the fourth-seeded Philadelphia Phillies host the fifth-seeded Miami Marlins. And all these games will be played same day as each at four different staggered times, uh, double-barreled. Um, so it'll be really interesting kind of see there. And what's interesting is these games on Tuesday, Wednesday, and possibly Thursday, game three if needed, will be at the same time on the same station as well. So uh, for the Rays-Rangers series, that's a 308 first pitch on ABC. For the Twins-Blue Jays, 438 first pitch on ESPN. For the Brewers and Diamondbacks, it's a 708 first pitch on ESPN2. And then Phillies-Marlins, 808 first pitch on ESPN. So, um, you know, I, I, I kind of actually... I would prefer maybe having different start times for each game, for each series, just to get 
in different windows and stuff like that, but I do like the uniformity of it as opposed to just kind of maybe being spots everywhere and stuff like that. So um, just a couple quick hits on, on each series here before we get out of here, Kyle, and uh, prediction as well maybe. Uh, your thoughts on Toronto, Minnesota initially here. I My thoughts, I think Toronto's going to win the series. I just think they're the better team collectively. Uh, now I could see, honestly, Minnesota probably beat them just the way Toronto down the stretch was very – uh, flip-floppy and not great at certain spots, but uh, I just think, uh, you know, Minnesota won a very weak division, and they themselves showed a lot of different signs at certain points of maybe not being all that great anyway, so I'm going to go Toronto there. Yeah. Um, I actually truly believe the Twins win the series, and it's not just because, of course, I don't like the Blue Jays because I'm being an AL East. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just think uh, – if you remember, the Twins have been awful in their last, like, 16 yeah, postseason true. games. Very true. So I think this is the year, uh, you know, they're at home to start, right? This, yeah, yeah, they're a three seed. Yeah, so uh, I just feel like at home um, they're just going to take care of business and win their first playoff series, and I don't even know the exact year, but it's mm-hmm. been a long time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, give me the Twins in that one. The other AL series that I mentioned already, Rays and Rangers. Um, and this one, this one is an interesting one. You know, if, if if each team had a full deck, I I think I'd lean raise, but and I don't make it. I don't I don't want to make it sound like I think the Rangers are exactly that much better than the than the Rays, especially on the pitching front. But as we know in the postseason, pitching makes a world of difference. It's the difference. And although the Rangers themselves are also technically missing a piece or two, I just think they have numerically more bullets pitching wise than than Tampa to to make up for probably what is a either roughly the same or maybe slight edge to Tampa on offense. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Rangers there. But, you know, that's, you know, I, I think that certainly is going to go three games and go through Thursday in that series. But I'm, I'm going Texas over, over Tampa. Yeah, this Rays team uh, offensively especially, but even pitching, they've lost a lot of people. But, I mean, like no Jose Siri, no Luke mm-hmm. Rayleigh, yeah. no Brandon Lau. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are some – big key pieces that have produced all year that they don't have. So I'm going to say the Rangers win this series, and I'm going to be happy about that because uh, <laughs> I actually probably – I respect the Blue Jays more than the Rays. I can't stand the Rays. So, yeah, uh, let's go Rangers in that yeah. one. In the NL, let's go with the Marlins and, and Phillies first, Kyle, since, you, since you're high on the Marlins. And I, I'm actually with you at least for well, – I'm I'm with it. you though. I'm with you though for this Philly series at least. I I really do believe that. I just like the way the Marlins been playing, and everyone counts them out, and they're mm-hmm. just such a resilient team. They like fight back all the time. I like Skip. Um, I do like the Phillies though. If Phillies went on one, I wouldn't care. I just I think I'm gonna root for the Marlins, and I don't think the Marlins win. Unfortunately, I I think they beat the Phillies though. I legitimately I do. So. I think you talk about the Phillies. And I know Miami's not exactly that much further up or down the road or whatever in this situation, however you want to call it, but Miami's just been more consistent this year, in my mind. Like, you know what you're going to get with them. There's no way around it, right? You you just know what you're going to get with them. I can't say the same thing about the Phillies day in and day out sometimes. Marlins' bullpen you know? worries me. Yeah, I, I don't blame them. It's not like the Phillies' bullpen's actually that great either outside of Kimbrel this year, you know? It, it's one of those things. 
I and know, I Mike, do think that's a better matchup for the Braves in the next oh, round. Definitely. Um, so, actually, it would kind of suck if the Marlins won mm-hmm. because then it's basically a free ride for the Braves to go back to the mm-hmm. NLCS. So. Now, the other series in the NL, Kyle, the Diamondbacks and Brewers. That's interesting. They have my – this series contains my pick for the World Series winner as, as it stands right now. Yeah, you think the Diamondbacks are going? The Brewers. Whoa. The Brewers pitching I, I, is – they're on all cylinders right now at the right time. Please don't let Josh Donaldson. The I World think I, he can't play anyway. Well, he wasn't. On, he wasn't on the roster in time. He'll still so. be on the bench. That's fair, I guess. But uh, look, I, I just think you know Milwaukee's got a, a really good package. I think they're they might be the only ones in my mind in the NL that could actually kind of take on the Braves. And they just played you know a few weeks ago even, and the Brewers uh, were 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 pretty good against them. You know, so, but I just think Milwaukee's pitching. We talk about the pitching, right? And don't get me wrong, the Diamondbacks pitching is great. They're going to have Merrill Kelly and, and Zach Gallen for sure in a couple of those games, right? And, you know, for Milwaukee, same deal. But for, for, for me, the Brewers' bullpen is just so good as well, you know, comparatively speaking to to Arizona. I mean, Devin Williams is – looks like the Devin Williams of old, you know, and – yeah, a couple other guys in there who have stepped up throughout the year in in bigger, bigger, bigger spots, you know. So I, I'm on Milwaukee in that series. Yeah, I think the Brewers win the series. I will be rooting for Arizona, but they're just they've been way too inconsistent for me to think that they're gonna win this series. Um so yeah, I think I, I think it's gonna be Brewers, Dodgers, Phillies, Braves for the DS, NLDS. Yeah. I know maybe we can do this more on Friday, but like I, I, I see the World Series being Baltimore, Milwaukee. It'd be kind of a that's who I that's who my pick for the World Series is. I think it'd be a fun that's it would be a fun match matchup for baseball people. Probably not what uh the networks are hoping for or maybe even the league is outright hoping for, but uh we're baseball people around here at at our core, so that that's what I think anyway. Yeah. Uh I would like because the Mariners are out and it sucks. I can't believe yeah, they didn't make it. Uh, Orioles definitely for the American League. I don't want to see any Texas teams in it. Um, no AL East teams, and that's all there is basically besides the Twins. So give me Orioles, Braves, or Orioles, Phillies. Mm. How about that? Because I know the Phillies are gonna beat the Marlins. I wish the Marlins had a better bullpen and could make it that far, but they're just not going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Um, I actually don't know what I would prefer either because I like watching the Braves. Their offense is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And I think the Orioles' offense is pretty damn good too. So that would be quite the World Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't even want to pick a winner. I'm just I would be happy for those teams. <laughs> All right, that's fair. But I'll pin you on more on more picks though on Friday when we have the uh, divisional matchups figured out. We'll we'll talk about those a little bit and any other headlines that kind of pop up. So. Uh, just a reminder for that, again, be Friday instead of Thursday this week for our late-week edition of Concrete Jungle. Kyle, uh, anything big on tap this week? I know, um, well, you at least get a couple things off your plate here for, for, for a couple weeks before adding the Sabres back in full-time here, although that's, you know, what? We're in single digits now for the Sabres, right? Yeah, uh, well, actually 10 days. Um, but hockey actually starts before the 10 days. Mm-hmm. That starts at Tuesday, so eight days tomorrow, a week from tomorrow yep. it starts. So, of course, I'll be all in on that. But, yeah, um, Yankees, Mets, uh, 
kind of glad it's over <laughs> in terms of writing and all that. 162 games every day, every night. Uh, Plus, because you're doing both, that's that is that's a lot of games. What that is four? Wait, <laughs> no, that's 320. I'm bad at math. 322? No, four. 324. 324 different articles you had to do for each team, for yeah, the team. And all the news. And, man, it's it's a lot. And um, I'm just glad it's over because it's not it, fun doing it when they're sure. losing. Right. And last year was the exact opposite. The Mets were great. The Yankees, you know, were a playoff team. So hopefully somehow that uh, changes next year. But I'm not sure it does with the Mets. You kill it, though. You're, you're the man for it. <laughs> and we got the Bills in London this week, and that's going to be a little different. Um, it's been, what, since 2016, 2017, mm. since the Bills last played in London. So that's going to be different. Hey, we got Bills Weekly coming up here in just a moment, live as well. So make sure, uh, if you don't already listen to that, listen to that, because we do preview that game coming up. And uh, I, I have an interesting question I'm going to poise to our group during that about it. So, Yeah, it was uh, – I would say shocking is the word, and the way the Bills won yesterday. Yeah, yeah. so spare your thoughts then for for in a little bit, and until then, be sure everybody you like, share, subscribe, all the fun stuff. YouTube, come follow us on TikTok and F One Sports. We uh, probably one of our last few quiet, truly quiet weekends over on the TikTok there for for a little bit here because hockey coming up, you kill the highlights there. And uh, you had one take off again with Con- with, uh, with Bernard, so. <laughs> All I do is laugh. I, I, I go back on TikTok an hour later, and it's got 10K views. <laughs> it's like, man, what is up with everyone loves the hockey coverage, I guess. So uh, if that's the case, I think uh, the TikTok's going to take off coming this, uh, oh, we're, we're in October. Right. Uh, you know, in a week from tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah, make sure to fall. Mm, for sure. All right, appreciate everybody for tuning in. We'll talk again on Friday, everybody. See you then.